Hey there, V2X Nation and friends. This is Hope Skibitsky, the Learning and Development Manager at V2X. And you're with us here on Converging on Leadership, the place where we use transparency, vulnerability, and lessons learned to develop ties with our leadership to help us better serve all of our internal and external customers. Hey, podcasters. Can you picture yourself with a challenging, rewarding career as a commercial and defense contractor? Maybe you're already working for V2X and would like to expand your horizons with a new opportunity, or you're interested in getting started with us. V2X is here for you. We have a wide array of job openings, some for those who want to support the United States military warfighters, and for those of you who are interested in the ultra-secure world for one of our country's three-letter agencies. We pride ourselves in developing our employees for future opportunities. Did we mention we have locations and positions all across the globe? If you are interested in a rewarding profession that pays well with competitive benefits, check out our website at gov2x.com careers. All right. Well, welcome back. Glad to have you back here with us. And we're back with Corey Mitten Package, and we're going to talk a little bit about delivering customer value. Um, moving around an organization... Let's talk first, like, what's the difference between customer value and customer satisfaction? Yeah, I think customer satisfaction is how someone feels about what you just did with them, right? So did it meet their standards and are they appreciative? That's important and should be something that everybody works toward. But I think the value point is really a longer term, did you help them deliver on their mission? Oh. Right? That's a different thing frankly, and it involves more partnership and collaboration. And it requires you to not only know what your customer is trying to do, but you need to know how you can help and how to pull in other parts of the ecosystem. Oh, So um, no one can do it all, right? There's not an organization that can do all of the things that our customer set specifically needs. So, you know, we do a lot of things with um, industry partners, and there are things that we'll never build and that's okay, um, but we can help implement them and help our customers use them. So when I think about delivering customer value, I think a lot about um, the role that we can play and the way that we can bring partners together to help them move the ball forward with their mission. So it isn't just about what we can do. It's about how we can help connect the customer to the things they need to do, even yeah. if it's not within the walls of our expertise. I think that's right, because I think if um, someone is telling you that they can do everything, they're selling something, right? And um, I do care about <laughs> growing, but I also care about delivering, right? So um, all of that has to fit together. All of that has to fit together. And there's no way to build and maintain credibility. Like I said when, when we were talking earlier, um, you know, I'm in for a marathon and not a sprint. Mm -hmm. And there's no way to maintain credibility if you're promising something you can't deliver. So you have to understand the you know puzzle piece that you can play and the role that you can uh, support in the ecosystem bringing people together. I like that. And so as we're talking to this episode about delivering customer value, but also moving around within an organization, how do those two things connect? How do we see moving around within an organization? And what do we actually mean by that? Um, how do we see that as delivering customer value or maybe increasing our ability to? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's something that um, 
I spend a lot of time thinking about, I know other folks in our organization spend a lot of time thinking about, and I know all the people um, doing the work every day um, spend time thinking about. So um, I think that the way that you start in our organization may not be the way that you uh, retire unless you prefer it to be that way. I hope that we are helping facilitate a process where people can pursue training and certifications and, you know, their career aspirations. And maybe it's the case that you want to stay with a specific customer or a specific location. Maybe you have a personal reason to do that. And I think, you know, my, my hope is that we make that possible. But some people don't. Some people start with us and say, hey, I, I today am a, um, a system administrator, but I would like to be, you know, you, Corey, and, and lead the tech business. Or I would like to, um, you know, drive a global program uh, supporting, you know, cyber issues. So then you have a very different conversation and you start to build a roadmap with that uh, individual. So I think it's our job to facilitate that. I think like I like I said about engagement and collaboration, it's a partnership, mm-hmm. right? So the individual has to come with their ideas and insights and dreams, right? And our job is to help uh, facilitate that and work with our customers to make that possible. My biggest challenge is really that our customers fall in love with all of our people, right? Oh. And you know, and I I love that, right? They. Um, they need them in that particular niche. And so part of what we spend time working on is how to help people transition. So if you want to move from where you are today to the next thing, part of what you should start thinking about is who succeeds me, right? Who on my team can I help step up into my job? Who can I teach all the things that I know that I've figured out over the last you know, 12 months or two years or 10 years? that I've been doing this thing? How can I make this activity that I'm doing as seamless as possible when I move out of it? Whether it's um, some technology that I bring to make something simpler or training that I give to some of my teammates, how do I make that easier? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a a part of the process. I also think that um, having open and honest conversations with all the people that are involved is really important and timing it timing it matters so much. So you never just sit down and surprise people with your ideas, right? right? You never surprise people. It's not a surprise party. Nobody enjoys that moment. That's right. right. Instead, having a really planful conversation with your leadership team, your leadership team will talk with you about how to engage with your customers about how to do that. um, And they'll talk with you about the succession plan. That's the right order. Right? That's a great way to make sure that as you move around in an organization, you haven't burned a bunch of bridges behind you. The last thing you need when you're doing something and you're you know, really excited to take the next step and be successful is to annoy everyone that supported you on your way to get there, right? Reminds me of Survivor. Sure, it's the worst, right? It's the worst. <laughs> and, and honestly, all those people that were supporting you, they don't want to be frustrated that you didn't know, but you probably didn't know and maybe you made a mistake. So... so my advice would be think through it with your um, stakeholders, right? Start with your leadership team. Make sure they understand what you're trying to do. And then you could do some planning uh, about how it gets communicated and how you're going to actually enable it. Because I think, you know, our customers fall in love with our team members because they're really integral to the mission. They're important. The work that we do is important work. It really matters. 
So you stem a lot of thought in me just there because, you know, you say you don't want people to be surprised by it. You don't want to just either have the person say, hey, I'm I'm out. I've found something new or have the person who's looking at that one saying, hey, I really want you to do something different. And either way, somebody's going to get surprised and it's probably not going to be good. And you burn those bridges as you stated. It's My reference to Survivor is, you know, they build these alliances and burn bridges all along the way and then forget that they've got to sit in front of the trial of all their peers at the end to determine who wins the million dollars, sure. right? And and so my thought on this is my time spent in the military, I would often have people that were information hoarders, process hoarders. They never wanted to share a thing because it was like a secret because they were trying to be irreplaceable. My problem with that is, is if you're irreplaceable, you never get replaced because then if you want to grow into something new. If you want to go on, you can't. You've made yourself irreplaceable. And so I love your conversation here about succession planning. Um, Steve and I talked a little bit about talent management, helping people see a thing they don't see in themselves maybe. Sure. Um, And so I love that we're we're thinking that way. And so how, how do you say that that actually brings better value to the customer by getting people to move around? Yeah, I think um, we we have moved from being an organization that did it um, while gritting our teeth, right? That's when I first showed up. I think that's how it felt. If you were going to move someone around between programs, to being an organization that does it as part of professional development, we do it especially with our um, our emerging leadership cohort, the folks we refer to as our top talent folks. We like to move them around. I. I am um, kind of putting an extra layer of uh, qualification for those folks to say, if you go through this program, our leadership development program, you have to be willing to move. Because um, the worst thing in the world for me to do would be to invest a lot of your time and energy as an individual and the organization's time and then send you back to the job that you came from um, and have you be frustrated that um, things haven't changed around you even though you haven't changed your um, set of activities. So I want to give people more opportunity when they're leaning into it. Um, I think the, the other part of our journey, the part that's still ahead of us, is using some pretty exciting tools to help us scale this and make it available to everyone. So this shouldn't be something that happens for 100 people. It should happen for everyone in the organization. We should all be working through an individual development plan. Uh, the technology in the organization should help us. Um, I would love it if uh, you know we were able to use some AI technology to help review people's resumes and match them with um, RFPs and you know other things. But again, that's that is not a problem of we don't have good ideas. That's a business model and a roadmap problem. Sure. Right? So um, over time, I would expect to see us take what exists today for a smaller group of folks and make it available to everyone. So if it isn't happening for you and your organization, um, you know, I'll be honest and say also that I spent a lot of my 20s and 30s um, thinking that if I just worked hard enough, people would notice. And, and I worked really hard and I did my, my level best. But at some point I realized that I also had to put my hand up and tell the leaders around me that I was ready for something new. So I remember having lunch with a mentor who um, at at the time was also my boss and saying to him, 
hey, by the way, I think I've learned, uh, you know, most of what I can learn from the roles that I've been in. The patterns are obvious to me now. I understand how to, you know, adjust things and move things around. I think I, I get this part. I'm really ready for something new. And he said, well, what do you, what do you want to do next? And I said, I actually don't know. I wish I knew, but I don't. But someone's going to come to you in the next six months and say that they need something or they need someone to do something that, you know, they don't have. Will you think about me when that question comes up? And he said, yeah, sure. And maybe three weeks later, I ended up working for Chuck Bro, who's now our CEO. And I was a, you know, junior person on his team filling in for somebody who had left suddenly. I had no idea how to do the job that I stepped into but I knew that taking the next step was something that I needed to do. So um, I just encourage you also, if, if you um, don't know what's next, it's okay not to know. And um, put your hand up. Yeah. Put your hand up. No, I think you make a lot of great points because uh, there's an old saying that closed mouths don't get fed, right? And so sometimes your leaders look at you and they think, oh, well, you're satisfied and you seem happy and you're doing a great job. And you know, oftentimes it's easy to leave you there because, well, then I'd have to train somebody new or I'd have to find somebody new. But if I knew you were interested in moving, though you don't know where yet or what you want to do exactly, you just kind of are hungry for something more and different. I, I couldn't know that unless you told me, right? And so I think that that's one of the the really great parts about having good communication between the leadership and their subordinates is knowing each other well enough to say, hey, I need more of a challenge. Help me find a challenge. And I don't know yet what that looks like because you can't know what you don't know. Yeah. Um, but then also for the leader to be like, okay, well, I'll keep my ear to the ground now that I know that's a thing you're interested in, but I need you to be ready. Right. Our most mature customers are also looking for that from us, mm. right? So some of the customers that I go and visit, all they want to hear about is how we're developing the people that support their contracts and their uh, missions. And so I spend a lot of time talking about our existing uh, processes and the way we think about leadership development and talking with them about what ratio of their team members have gone through those cycles. Because um, today we're in, in largely a services business. So what our customers derive as value comes from our you know, team members. Mm-hmm. So if we aren't developing them, then we aren't improving the value that we're bringing to our customers. So th- that's... That is exactly how those things uh, get related to each other, to go back to your question a few minutes ago. So it's it's our job to do that. It, you know, it's also the job of everybody on the team to think about what their future looks like. And for me, the worst moments um, today are when someone says, I'm leaving V2X and I'm going to work at some other organization. And um, they pick a job that we do today. Uh, an activity that we perform and they pick a location that we already perform it in because I think oh man like you could have stayed with us right you could have stayed with us we you know we should be your next job we that should have been us and then when I say that they say oh I just didn't know so I think um the thing that um I would like to do a better job of and I hope you know some of my colleagues also is talk more about that with people, right? Make it more obvious to people. Make accessing that, um, you know, view of job openings uh, more available and devote some extra resources to helping helping people move around. How then 
because if people don't know what's available out there, I mean, they could go surf our gov2x.com, plug, plug, um, and see what jobs we have available out there. They could do that, but it can be confusing. Like, where do I start? What do I look for? Am I qualified? How does mentorship and sponsorship sort of play into us making sure that we are both developing and then encouraging people to want more if more is in their scope? Yeah, it's a great it's a great question because I was immediately thinking about kind of best practices in this space. So what I, what I think are best practices for a scaled organization to be able to do this with everyone is to have a few folks who, who focus on people of a like uh, background and capability set and help them move around inside the organization. That's kind of one thing that um, is needed, especially in the technical space, so that there's a technical career path for folks inside of V2X. Um, if while we're you know, making that mechanically possible, I do think a lot of people are taking advantage of mentorship, not as many as I would like and maybe not as well as I would like because it still then relies on, I don't know, pick 300 of us um, to mentor people. So the the moment that stopped me short uh, maybe five years ago, I asked someone for a mentor and said, hey, I'd like another mentor as I, you know, understand this new organization and they said, well, sure, we'll get you a mentor, but why aren't you a mentor? Please be a mentor. And I, I froze in my tracks. So if, if what you're thinking about is that you need a mentor, please seek out a mentor. It's important, and everyone should have one. But I would encourage you also to be a mentor. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's someone in the organization who's newer than you, even if it's by five minutes. And my guess is that you could learn a lot from each other. So. That's right. See one, do one, teach one, right? Sure, sure. Be yeah. a mentor. Yeah, and it, a lot of people think, well, I'm not, why me? I'm not a mentor. What could I offer anyone? And I love the idea that you're like, even if by five minutes, right? Because if you had to, and I, I think you and I were talking before we sat down today about transitions, whether that's the transition from subordinate to supervisor or the transition from one role to another or the transition from, in my experience, from the military to the civilian sector, transitions can be hard. And it doesn't matter if it was easy or sloppy. If someone can give you the goods, the bads, the indifference of how that happened for them, it at least lets you know that there's landmines, things you can avoid, things that maybe did work for them. What would you What would you say um, is is a good tip for someone if they're if they're transitioning and you know they just don't know what they don't. It's a know. great question. It's a great question. So I um, have a book that I use whenever I move into a new role, and my job changes almost annually. <laughs> so I I look at this book quite a bit. It's called The First 90 Days. So if you're out there listening, um, it's on Amazon. Download it. And it's written by a researcher who studies only leadership transition. And the truth is most people don't do this very often. So we're not very good at it, right? We're just not that good at it. And it helps you understand that the most important thing you can do when you're going through transition is understand. So everybody rushes into transition thinking, I have to prove myself. I better do something. I have to show some worth and value. And we end up stepping all over our new colleagues who have things set up for a particular reason. So it helps you back up a little bit and really understand before you make adjustments. 
So that's thing number one that I, um, I do myself and encourage people to do as they're transitioning. The other thing that I um, had my leadership team read um, is the Arbinger Institute's um, Getting Out of the Box book. So if you haven't read it, that's also a great book. It's really focused on helping people understand how your view of yourself and your story is that you're the superhero of your story. Everybody thinks of themselves this way. And you view other people through the lens of either supporting your story or getting in your way. And while you're viewing the, the other folks in your life in that way, it sets you up in some cases to have an adversarial relationship that supports your story. And that's your box. And if you can let go of your story and focus more on honest interactions that take care of the people around you, you'll have a more impactful and authentic set of relationships with people. And you'll probably achieve your objectives better. I read that book at a time when I was trying to figure out what kind of leader did I want to be. And I, at, until that point, was probably a terrible leader. And that book really changed my life. It really gave me a chance to think about um, the stories I would tell myself about other people's behavior and instead focus on what kind of leader I want to show up as every day. And so when you're going through big, challenging changes, like we are in V2X right now, yes. right? We're coming together as an organization and building a culture. Um focusing on how to bring your best self to every day um, is a good place to start, right? Giving other people the benefit of the doubt is an excellent second place mm. to start, right? So um, that's that's my advice. Like transitions are messy. They're inherently messy. Um, change is often difficult and messy. If you can focus on bringing your best self and seeing the best in everyone around you, um, that's a pretty good place to go, and, and you'll get there faster. I think that's an amazing point, right? Like, what do they always say? Like, nothing is either bad or good. Your thinking makes it so. Sure. We can think ourselves into a tizzy by automatically assuming the worst. Yeah, a hundred ways. You can ways. tell yourself a, a bunch of stories about why things are the way that they are. That's right. And instead, if you put your story down and focus on uh, giving other people around you a break, you know, you'll find that um, there's good reasons why things are the way that they are, and you can fix things together. That's right. If we do better internally and we're better people, we can be better teams, we can deliver better to our customer, um, but it starts with the person in your own seat, right? Yeah. I mean, I think, like I said, um, a lot of the folks inside of my organization are building things and or fixing things or operating things, and they're doing it in very difficult environments. So lots of complex places under lots of difficult circumstances, lots of adversarial, um, you know, missions that they're trying to support. And it's very easy in those environments where there's a lot of activity outwardly to forget about um, what you're doing inside and bringing your best self uh, to those conversations. And honestly, you know, I think trying to get a, a bunch of uh, engineers to talk about bringing their best self to their jobs every day might be the bravest thing I've ever done. <laughs> but but I think um, the feedback that I got at least uh, round one uh, was that they appreciated the, the ability to have an open conversation. And it changed the way that we were able 
able to talk about all the difficult uh, things ahead of us with integration. So again, if, if people can stop viewing each other as adversaries and know that we're all on the same team, maybe we're coming at things from a different perspective, then everybody's behavior changes. 100%. Oh, this was so good. <laughs> this was good. I've really enjoyed the interaction. I hope at some point you decide you'll want to come back and sit on the podcast with us again. Only if I have something useful to bring to the conversation, <laughs> Hope, but thank you for having me. No, I thought it was great. I've really appreciated it. Um, unless there's anything else you want to add, I think we've come to the end. Thank you so much. All right. Well, I've enjoyed having you. I've enjoyed having all of you, and I ask you to stay with us for next time when we get to hang out with Ed West here on Converging on Leadership. Please subscribe to Converging on Leadership on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Find us on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash company slash V2X dash Inc. And please let us know what you think of our show and what future topics you'd like us to cover. Converging on Leadership is produced by K Global and brought to you by V2X. V2X transforms operations and sustainment for government and commercial clients worldwide through operational support services, training, and converged environments that integrate physical and digital infrastructures. Learn more at goV2x.com. And until next week, I'm Hope Skibitsky, and thanks for listening.